Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, Birthday Chief Dog, joined live by my buddy as always, Diagnostic AT. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, it's me, Chris McLeod. Happy birthday, Chief, you awesome man. Um, how is it How is it at 76 years old? Well, you sent me a message saying happy 70th birthday. I've added a few my years. Other mate, my other mate, Sam, who colloquially his name as his name among our group is Pissface. Uh, he <laughs> British sent, he colloquialism. Saying, he, he, he sent me a message saying happy 60th birthday. So, all those... Uh, old man chief, really think I am. 21 today. No, actually, it's 44. Is and it? I came back. It is, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I came back, and it was my kid's first day at school today. Wow. Which was, which was good. She, she settled in well. And I came home, and they had done a tea party for me and a cake. And she said, Daddy, I've only put four candles on the cake because 44 would not fit. Uh, four candles. Well, there you are, four candles. No, four candles. <laughs> candles for forks. Oh, what a bit. I'm kidding. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, yes, I don't really feel too different, apart from, I think, uh, my wife chucked away even more plastic of mine today. Oh. And also, shout out to Dave Reese who did send me the chippies. Good the lad. chipstick kind of curry sauce flavour crisps. And uh, my wife did eat one and a half packets of those, um, which I said, these are mine, don't eat them. But she did anyway, so. How very dare you. You should have just told her they were plastic. If I need any more, Dave, I'm going to send you like a, a running PayPal order um, <laughs> so you can send them down to me. But yeah, there you go. And of course, don't forget that we are recording this in the future, which you listeners is your present and for us will be the past. So work that out if you can. I think we've created some sort of time paradox. Love Back to the Future. That might tie into a question later. Ooh, will it? Yeah, yes, it will. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I've been doing was I actually went down to Littlehampton for a little three-day break on the beach down Aww. the south coast which was nice. Looked good. Looked fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent some pictures to, to my boy, Diagnostic. And That's me. And then came back. It was non-stop a uh, week. Came back. We had to go to my missus's Nana's 80th birthday, uh, which actually isn't her birthday till November, but she says she will not celebrate her birthday in cold weather, so she celebrates it in September. A random day every year in September she chooses. Hilarious. Uh, not her birthday. Went to the Harvester, so had had a meal there. Then on the next day, went down to my buddy. Actually, piss faces. Uh, went down to his pisso. Uh, yeah, pisso. His kid's birthday party, which was cool. And then back to work Monday. So I've been nonstop. But um, what about you? What have you been up to? Nothing really. I yeah. uh, had a bit of a scare earlier when. Well, other than you know working and editing and stuff. But I had a bit of a scare earlier when we lost power to the entire Ashland area, which is wow, where I live. How big? How not, big is that area? Not very big. About the same size yeah. as uh, North Walsham or... Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. You've it's lost not, me. It's not a big place. It's basically... It's a very small town in the middle of Missouri, right in between uh, St. Louis and, and Kansas City. So kind of two hours in either direction to get to those places. And it's really... it really It's a nice, cute little town, a very safe kind of place. But at the same time, if anything goes wrong, you're kind of worried that that's it. You're just going to die... <laughs> 
<laughs> and the power no, went out. Not ideal. And I was thinking, oh crap, that means you know all of the recordings I have lined up today are going to be down the toilet. Um, not only am I recording with you today, but I'm also recording following this a comics burst with Brian Hickey for the Full Force podcast, and then cool. later on tonight a news burst with Justin Bell for the uh, fact that Henry Golding has just started his training for the Snake Eyes movie. So that's quite interesting and cool. But other than that, mate, right. not much. Oh, there you go. Oh, by the way, yeah. the power's back on. So, yeah, that was good. Yes, yes. Hence, hence how we're recording that, that magical device. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking? What, what's your beverage for the show? Beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Now I am gonna go. Okay, so I've gone really crazy on this one. We went to we went grocery shopping. I think it was like it would have it might even have been before the weekend. And you've got iced water, (laughs) and there was a ton of different interesting drinks that I wanted to grab and try. So I got all of them. I'm not going to drink all of them. I'm just going to save them for the next week and the week after, and so on and so forth. Nice. Now you're going to laugh at this one. It's hilarious. It is a Califia Farms probiotic dairy-free yogurt drink, strawberry, and it's this is the best part about it, cultured no. nut milk drink. I don't know what any of that means, but <laughs> nut it, sounds, milk. It, it sounds a little bit like a yop. Now, if you're in the yeah. UK from the 90s or the yeah. late 80s, you remember yop, which was <laughs> yeah. a drinking yogurt, which was amazing. Yes. So, fingers crossed, it's like that. Tell me. Live cultures, 10 billion CFUs per serving. I don't know what that means. It's 25.4 fluid ounces, 750 mil. It's a big one. Um, yeah, there's me opening the, the top. Yop didn't have any of that culture, b- it's a yeah it was yeah it was yeah totally well here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a good old sipper oh is that like the spinner rooney mm. oh that's gorgeous yeah oh that's lovely stuff that is a- it tastes Al- like a in the words like of thin... alan partridge <laughs> that is lovely stuff <laughs> it tastes like a thin yogurt drink mm. or just mm. like a thin yogurt yeah yeah it's not it's definitely i was expecting it to be really thick and right. it's it's actually really yeah it's smooth it's um it's definitely more liquidy but it's absolutely yummers oh lovely stuff good start double thumbs up double thumbs up from uh, Chris let's see That's what I got I've actually I've got two I've started one already um, <laughs> I figured it's my birthday so I figured I'd have an alcoholic drink ten I've got drinks a, and seven I've got a snacks. sun this is they're both from uh, Lidl which hmm. for those uh, outside of the UK Lidl is a we have that here it's from. Oh dear, you have yeah, Lidl. I think so. Where are they? What? Where is that from? What's the What's the or, origin of Lidl, country-wise? I, I think it's one of the Scandinavian places. German? Oh, is it Scandinavian? Could I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm thinking Aldi's German, right? Possibly. Anyway, Aldi and Lidl invaded the UK, much like you know, a an army invades another country, and <laughs> to pop up all their supermarkets don't and try and put Sainsbury's and Tesco out of business. But anyway, they do cheap stuff. So I've got a Sunrise Cocktail Cosmo in a can. Uh, carbonated cranberry and lime flavored drink with vodka, five mm. percent volume, two hundred and fifty mil, eighty nine p. It's already open, so I'm gonna uh, have another drink. I never tell you how much mine costs, do I? No, I don't care. Right, that <laughs> is that's nice. That's nice, sweet, and I could probably neck quite a few of them. And it's a good job it's only two fifty mil because uh, otherwise we're in trouble. Now my other drink smashed. here is not not open. This is a 
Woodgate Reserve 2018 West Country Vintage Cider. Wow. Slowly matured from a single year's harvest crafted in the West Country. Uh, 7.3%, so it's a strong old one. 500 mils. There you go. Let's get the bottle opener. Crack that open. And then I glug on this. Oh, jeepers. Yeah, you can see why that's like £1.29. That is acidic. Rats. I won't say I won't say it's the nicest, but I'm gonna drink it anyway because I've bought it. So <laughs> You um, dropped big big money on that bad yeah, boy. Dropped big money on that, so oh dear, tart. Bitter. I'll be you feeling that for me, the rest of the show. Don't have, have to call me names <laughs> just because you don't like your drink. Right. Drinks in hand, it can only mean one thing. Inside Chief's mind. Oh, birthday edition. Oh. So whilst no, I, I don't know. We start like that, do I? I start with people. I <laughs> <laughs> forgot my own segment. No. Uh, scrap it. Is I'm going ad hoc. Whilst I was down in Littlehampton, family, the guest house we were staying at, five minute walk to the beach. In between the guest house and the beach was a harvester. Now, a har- which I actually went to for Nana Mary's uh, non 80th 80th last weekend. So a harvester is kind of like one of those chain restaurants which serves. Kind of rotisserie chicken, uh, burgers, ribs, chips, you know, the kind of... I know you know what it is. Yeah. And generally the food in them is cheap and mostly frozen and defrosted and heated up. It's yeah. not the yeah. best cuisine in the world, but it's... When you're a kid, it's, you know, oh, we're going to the harvester, great, I can eat as much as I want. You know, there's a, there's a like a free salad bar. Yeah. And instead of loading up your bowl, when you're a kid, instead of loading up your bowl with the lettuce and the tomatoes, you just load up the fried crispy onions and the fried bacon bits <laughs> and, the, and the bread rolls. You never any, get anything actually healthy from there. But anyway, we're at the harvester. We went there both evenings we were there. And on the second evening, what they've got is they've got a, you buy an empty glass if you want a refill drink. Just go up to the automated machine every time, blah, blah, blah. Push the touchscreen button, get your drink. So I've gone up. I'll, I'll fill up myself and the missus' drinks. And there's a kid. He's literally cut in front of me. I'm next in line. He's cut in front of me. He's probably about 10. And okay, fair enough. I probably did this when I was a kid. Uh, but it was okay for me to do it then. When it happens to me, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> what he decided to do was put his glass underneath Pepsi. One push of the button for like half a second to get about 30 mils of Pepsi in his glass. Then he switched to Pepsi Cherry. One push of the button. Then he switched to Pepsi Vanilla. One push of the button. Then he switched to Pepsi Strawberry. Then he switched to Pepsi Lime. Then he switched to Diet Pepsi and all those flavours. Then he switched to Tango. About five different flavours. He had about 20 different flavours. And each time he's just pressing the button once to get himself like a, a super cocktail of sugary carbonated drinks. It took about five minutes. What a t- And I was getting a right hump with him. So... I mean, like I say, I'm sure I did it when I was a kid, but that was okay because it was me doing it. But when another kid does it to me, I was not happy. And I tried, I d- what can you do to a 10-year-old? You can't punch him in the back of the head, can I'm you? I'm pretty sure you didn't have a touchscreen drinks option when you were a kid. No, no, you're right, you didn't. But yeah, yeah, you let me off the hook now. So Chief didn't do it when he was a kid, uh, <laughs> but this kid did. So I was going to tempted to follow him back to his table and ask his mum and dad for his name and address so I could send him something in the post. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, didn't. So that was five minutes of my life I never get back, and uh, that is what annoyed me this week. Nice, nice. Um, I agree. That's just it's just rude, and kids yeah. are shit, so. Oh yeah, absolute scumbags. <laughs> um, 
So this week, as we will have been telling you on the social medias, we have got award show. It's the Golden Joes, which we will be coming to a bit later on in the show. We'll be doing a load of categories. But before we get to the Golden Joes, we've got to do some comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. So, this week we've just got the one issue because we needed to make some room for the Golden Joes. And it's issue 119 of G.I. Joe Real American Hero. This is dated December 1991. Story and art by Herb Trimp, colours by Herb Trimp, uh, letters by Rick Parker. And that is it. So let's have a look at the cover. I like this cover a lot. Yeah, nice cover. Do you know what? Something I haven't really been talking about is the fact that quite often with the G.I. Joe comics, they'll do something slightly different with the logo, like give it a uh, different colouring and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I love that that kind of phased, like burn orange kind of like vibe they're going for on this one. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's, a good, it's good stuff. And on the cover, we've got... New look Storm Shadow. Love that. Who Go- has yeah. not been introduced so far. No. I'm a massive fan of this this gorgeous, outfit. Gorgeous. Again, I have no I assume it's it was a toy. Yeah. I have no knowledge Force of the toy. toy. Yep. Okay. His previous one, I know you were a big fan of the, the camo, the grey camo. I was I was no, I was never really a fan of that one. How I, dare it's okay. You. How very day. <laughs> never been so insulted. I, I prefer the original, the tighty whitey, and <laughs> This one I'd forgotten about. When you're not leaving the trail of your tighty whities across the train stations of Europe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But this, this is this is this is my second favourite. Maybe uh, is it my? Yeah, this is my second favourite. And Snake Eyes, who previously this costume had been introduced. This not costume. This outfit had been introduced in the previous arc to no fanfare or anything in the issues. It was just kind of like, oh look, here's Snake Eyes' new outfit. Work it out for yourself. And I, I had mentioned at the time, you know, I couldn't see the appeal. Here on this cover, it looks great, much improved. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And I'm, I must admit, that cover is just, it's really dope. I love it. So what's going on here? Because it says Snake Eyes versus Snake Eyes, question mark, question mark, question mark, because they've both got two swords in hand over a fallen Scarlet with Storm Shadow looking on with an Uzi. I is mean, it? Yeah, I know, yeah. it's. I mean, this is straight out of the actual comic as well, which is it's nice to see. Yeah. And this feels like, I know you're going to definitely agree with me, this feels like a special mission. Yep, big time. Standalone. Not just because Herb Trimpe is drawing it, because he drew pretty much all the special missions, but here he's writing it. But even that aside, it feels like uh, you know a special mission, like you said, single standalone, not particularly connected to anything that's no. going on in the GI Joe world at the time. Loads of new inclusions as well, like like you just said, Storm Shadow just appears in a new costume. Snake Eyes is rocking his new duds. Um, but not just that, it's the style of the issue as well, which, again, that has a lot to do with the fact that Herb Trimpey is doing the, the writing on this one instead of Larry. Yeah. I must admit, having read this comic again, like recently, it, uh, it I mean, I feel like Herb Trimpey's ideas when it comes to the writing a- aspect for Joe Joe were way more far-fetched even than what Larry was doing you know for, for for the most part he wrote that i think it was issue 24 ladies day yeah the ladies day one yeah with the, yeah. the baseball the the mites versus the uh whoever it was i can't remember who the yeah. yankees yeah. were and called you can tell he kind of put a bit there was you know that was a bit of comedy in that issue and he's and again with these kind of life model decoy things he's put a bit more sort of comedy in this one i guess yeah so we get this the story starts in such a way that i don't expect it to go 
the way it does go. So, like, you know, you end up kind of seeing this opening shot of this kind of cargo-like plane coming into land at Cobra Port. And yep. what happens is what what we kind of ex- what what is explained is that one of the crew has left one of the crates that was that were destined for this Cobra facility, remote island in the South Atlantic. Yeah. So basically, you know, one of the crates is left behind. Cobra commander notices and says, well, "There's one missing." And the one of the crew says, "That's not possible, sir." And he's like, "You're are you calling me a liar?" And he's like, "No, not at all." But and then he shoots him. <laughs> he just yeah, Cobra Commander him. is ruthless. Just here. like well, and and again, he's got right to be in this case because you'd be angry, wouldn't you? And especially after the fact that you know one is missing, and look, one of them is missing. We zip yeah. back to Long Island, uh, an airport there in Long Island, and this kid finds uh, this crate that's been left behind, and he he busts it open. And lo and behold, George Bush. <laughs> he finds a load of Bush in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is this is kind of like you said. This is the the, the breakdown of the issue. Cobra has been manufacturing these cyborg robotic replacements for so well-known world leaders and captains of industry and famous pop stars and athletes, and they're just going to proliferate these all around and put them into society and kidnap all the actual people. With the goal of, I guess, just I don't know, having control yeah, of slowly all taking the world. Over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what what makes me laugh is this is basically the plot of the Synthoid conspiracy. In the previous episode, the GI Joe forces were conducting war games when suddenly Generals Howe and Franks, Colonel Sharp and Admiral Ledger were captured by Cobra forces. Time for a nap, gentlemen. The officers were then replaced with Synthoid duplicates, artificial humanoids, loyal only to Cobra. Excellent. Excellent. Which is a Sunbow cartoon from G.I. Joe, which was basically about them creating these, you know, synthetic humanoids, Synthoids, which were going to kind of replace certain, you know, like G.I. Joe members and, and all that kind of stuff. And I believe that happened or that was out prior to this being written so maybe herb saw that story and thought he'd do his own kind of version of it possibly right just uh, throwing that out there what do you think so they're getting briefed here the joes and what do you think of the way that that last panel on page six where you actually see snake eyes without his mask storm shadow hood down yeah do you like the way they're depicted so i do see it as a bit odd i like I'm, and i'm like I, i'm not a fan of seeing snake eyes face all the time like i'm, yep. I'm not a fan of it i i think that needs to be like there's just very just because he doesn't talk now isn't enough for the mystery on this character so it's kind of taking that away from it and i think that is always a bad thing for me so i don't really you know and they're all sitting there like with their hands on each other's shoulders it's a bit weird yeah i don't mind that if that was just the only one off snake eyes you know okay fair enough but there's one later on where he's got his mask pulled up and it looks like he's wearing a beret or something Mm. and he's smirking and that's i don't that's not the one i'm particularly fond of but just not a fan just not a fan of seeing his face tommy looks less kind of asian american here in his depiction i don't know i I don't mind it i I think it's okay they've been set out you know here's what the mission is and they're just any questions and they all said when because they they've got to go into the Cobra Consulate. Yeah, so the the consulate comes up because they've tracked this, or they're basically they're, they're setting a trap, aren't they? In a sense, for Cobra by putting a tracking beacon into this George W. Bush crate, 
and then like slipping it back into you know Cobra's hands effectively to see where it goes. Yeah. It's almost pre GI Joe the movie where yeah. you know yeah. Zartan as as president here. You've got Cobra Commander trying to supplant the president, and you know it's it's almost like a forerunner for that in a, in a weird way. Yeah, got got shades of Rise of Cobra uh, retaliation, I suppose, because it's the end of Rise of Cobra going into retaliation that that happens, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But in any case, yeah. So they have to infiltrate the Cobra Consulate, and that's where they've traced this crate to. And because of that, we get this really like I don't know, like it's kind of cool and a little bit I don't know. I mean, I feel like this this issue is a little bit hit and miss for me because they enter the building, they kind of make their way down three different directions, and then when they all convene, we don't know this yet, but something has happened to one of them. Oh, wait a minute! Here we go. Uh, slam, jam, flare, better than ever. Basketball cards. Oh, <laughs> shall I bypass this or no? No, no let's do it. Yeah, why not? Okay. Okay, uh, Peter and Mark said an unlucky. Right, inside joke there. They complained about too much sport talk. Uh, right, so it's sport talk. So I've got here a 1991. He won six championships. He was the second half of a duo. So, hang on, second half of a duo. Yeah, could be. He won six championships. Bloody hell. Oh, okay, so Scotty Pippen. Yeah, yeah, Scotty Pippen. My favourite player. Uh, he played for Atlanta Hawks. He won the slam dunk contest a couple of times. Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, there you go. The human highlight reel. Big time. Okay. Big time. Centre for Houston. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. There you go. Let's do one more. Hell of a lot better, eh? Yeah, not bad. Not be doing your research, yeah? Reading the issues. This one here, he started out at the 76ers, ended up at the Phoenix Suns, or played a big... I don't know if he went anywhere else. One of the best players ever, probably not to win a title. Barkley? Barkley. Is that it? So anyway, moving on. There you go. That segment oh, wasn't too Smashed bad. it this time, mate. Smashed it this time, yeah. Easy. Easy pickings. Looking at some of these doubles that they've got we got i think eddie murphy is there i think on the far <laughs> yes. left on the far left is that elvis or i think that's prince oh uh, i think it's prince um like some sort of gorbachev there's a third in yeah uh, um, i don't know that who that like, second one is i've got is that saying it's like cnn on his shirt i on think his it's top. cnn but i don't i wouldn't know any cnn reporters and that's that's uh on the right isn't it is it i don't know i thought it looked like gene hackman but i no, because he's wearing the desert he's wearing the yes, um gulf war desert fatigues isn't he so i think yep. that's uh Schwarzkopf. Yep. and then on the top one who's that you've got saddam hussein i guess <laughs> yeah and then is that one of Colin Powell, is it? I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't know. I was thinking it was one of the uh, jugglers. Well, not one of the jugglers, but one of the generals that is kind of right. wi- like on the Joe's side. Okay. But you're, I think you're right. It could be, no, pa- I, could be Powell. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, you see all these. They, they've busted in here and you see all these animatronic things all hooked up. Storm Shadow's gone to do something. He set up some sort of receiver because is it, just correct me if I'm wrong, they're setting up some kind of receiver so that Wild Will can launch some bomb smart which you can bomb. home in smart yeah. bomb home in and just blow all this shindig up yeah the problem they f- they face is they don't want to level new york to dust right. they don't want they right. don't want to get it they don't want people to even know there's an issue so this smart bomb has been designed to basically destroy what's in its vicinity in a short range yeah so they've um yeah the idea is that they get in there they find where this these i'm going to call them synthoids even though they're not synthoids yeah, yeah. where these kind of um new robot animatronic humans are 
and th- this is where the, it gets really far-fetched for me because it's it's like faker in he-man it's almost like that kind of thing of well just because you make something look like something doesn't mean it's going to be the same as it or it's going to be able yeah. to do the same things if they can make a robot and this is going to be the spoiler alert snake eyes has been stopped halfway down hasn't he and he's yep. been replaced by a synthoid without the other two Joes knowing. But it's so lifelike and so Snake Eyes-like that at one point they're like, which one is which? When the original Snake Eyes shows I up. I know, and the fact that it's fighting them and, and kicking their ass, and I'm kind of thinking, as if. That is some tech. That is some tech that Cobra have discovered. Yeah. If, if they've managed to do that, just make a and a Snake Eyes robots yeah. then, and then just yeah. have them instead of battle android or, troopers. Or just if your tech is that good, just like fix the stock market or something i don't know <laughs> there's so many i don't know it's just i don't like it when that kind of stuff happens you know for for mild like confusion tactics or for to for, you know for infiltration on like a lo- small scale totally yeah. cool with it like a battle android trooper i get that yeah. they're like cheap you know labor and i like i think that I think there's a really cool interesting angle to them like they're not going to be necessarily deadly unless you know you're really crap at being a soldier but at the same time like you know it makes sense and cobra seems to have the exact you know replica of snake eyes outfit and yeah where did they where did you know he's not been on display that much so i don't know how they managed why and why have they got a snake eyes i don't know that's I the guess, thing like that, just... that probably does i guess that probably fits in with cobra more than the other guys okay fine we'll put one of these guys into the pit or something like yeah. that but yeah but still it's the fact that he is holding his own against Storm Shadow and, and then snake the real when he snake turns eyes. Up. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. The art here, I do want to mention, the art is great throughout. It is, now, yeah. I don't know if this is because on those special missions, I don't have them to hand. I don't know if Herb was being coloured, probably inked himself, but maybe he was being coloured by someone else. But here, I think the inks look really sharp. Then yeah. The colours pop. It's, it's a really nice looking issue all round. Really it really nice. is. It really is. Oh, Another thing that's happening is the Joes have sent a uh, X-19 stealth fighter to Cobra Island as a diversionary tactic or on to the island sorry that that they delivered the original things to we get a new vehicle and Joe here as well do we windmill windmill and the Skystorm that, yeah is that what it's called the Skystorm yeah. windmill he was he was just another pilot I guess was he yeah he came with the he came with the the vehicle okay. it, which is basically like a uh, it's like an they call it like an X-wing chopper. It's like okay. a it's like a plane with helicopter blades. I could be wrong. This might be its only ever appearance in the comic. I'm not sure, but um, we'll, f- we'll find out later I, on. I guess. I think we have seen. I think we do see it again. But do we? I'm 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 not 100 percent sure on that. And then anyway, yeah, the Joes they kind of get out of this jam with this faker Snake Eyes because Storm Shadow threatens to put a bullet through scarlet the real snake eyes launches himself the real slim shady yeah the real slim shady so give storm shadow a clear shot at the fake slim shady all of this like what do you call it i suppose exposition where you've got you know the real snake eyes obviously leaps at storm shadow and he then has to tell everyone i've got just a split second to shoot the other snake eyes while because obviously he knows that snake eyes is quick and he's going to get on him but it's like just saying i've got just a split second is about two seconds worth of dialogue <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> then they pull a fast one because scarlet suddenly pulls a gun on our two boys and says how about you two get against the wall or i separate your top half from your bottom half yeah then she we'll see what Cobra commander one. has in mind so she's now pretending to be a synthoid 
So are we led to believe? I guess Cobra's got just duplicates of every member of the Joes, probably. He does say that. Yeah, he's got. He's got. Um, you oh, know, does he? He's got a lot of the Joe team. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know instantly from that panel that it was a setup. Really? Yes. There was no point where I believed. Oh, that's not the real Scarlet. Yeah. Totally totally there's a really nice when they actually get taken to cobra commander's like room uh, with all yep. the troopers in it there's a really cool uh, panel battle panel where you've got storm shadow like cutting literally cutting two troopers almost in half oh the swack like, yeah the absolute swack and then scarlet's shooting one of them and Snake Eyes is like, it looks like Snake Eyes yeah. has wonked and thwunked two guys with his with his Uzi. Yeah. Like it do, it looks like he's used it as like a weapon, but yeah. like as a as a battle as a, like a hammer or something. Well, it's really weird. I guess one of the troopers has a helmet on and one doesn't, which is why we get two separate noises. <laughs> you get a wonk and uh, a thwack. Yeah, a you thwunk. get a wonk is if you don't have a helmet on, and a thwunk is if you do have a helmet on. Uh, which is standard good to know for standard future, issue, mate. Future standard reference. Issue. But yeah, the, the really dynamic art here, movement, energy, you know, really nice stuff. Cobra Commander escapes. They dispatch the troops and everything. But now they've got the problem that while Bill is on a time limit and he's holding back to, to send this missile in, knowing that the the Joes are still in there, but they've got to get out. But they ha- yep. what what happens then is this really odd thing where they just they've they've almost lost the skills of ninjas. They've managed to infiltrate into a room like from the top down in a way that they didn't, you know, if they didn't know the layout, they wouldn't have been able to do. And now all of a sudden they don't know how to get out of the building. It just seems a little bit weird that, like, they're ninjas for f***'s sake. They'd be able to escape the building quickly. And obviously while Bill's holding on and holding on, eventually he lets this smart bomb go. And this gets, again, a little bit far-fetched. And the the smart bomb sprouts helicopter blades halfway through its, like, movement through the building and like just kind of he he then operates it to find where he's got to go and there's obviously this faint signal that the joes have left behind for it to kind of go in and find and uh, they come face to face with it at one point and it's just i don't know it just seems a little bit silly yeah it's kind of unraveling a little bit i think in terms of plot like you mentioned there's good stuff here but the silliness or the the logic is, yeah, it goes right out the window. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of going out the window, which is a shame because there, like we've, we've mentioned, we've, there's a lot, there's a lot to like here. This could quite easily have been avoided by them just booking it as fast as they can to get out and just making it on time, which they do. But to have them running around lost and not being able to find their way out was just ridiculous. Yeah. I think if they were just, if they just done it like, if they, it, it could have been so much easier. Like the missile's gone in, we've got to get. The- out it's that that yep. simple they book it they make it at the last second boom and there you go yeah's your fun kind of suspenseful moment but the way it's done it's like oh wait let's wait for the lady to get on the helicopter and it turns out he doesn't even have to blow it up until they're on the, the plane so it's yeah, exactly. it can just sit there and wait until he's got them so it was really like a i don't know it just took all of the suspense out of it really for me yeah. any in any case just before that thing blows up we see a few more of these synthoids we see don king boxing promoter amazing we see i think that's supposed to be donald trump you know yeah yeah him, i think it is possibly. and then maybe ronald reagan a ronald reagan with reject stamped on his head is that reagan it looks a bit reagan yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. It? it's reagan it's reagan with reject on his head i would also go as far as to say there's it's some more people in the background and it looks like scarlet and roadblock do you know what I mean? Like kind of just above Reagan's head. Yeah, possibly, possibly. And I think on the Could far right, anybody. just 
just to the right of Trump, I reckon that might be Mick Jagger's lips. Oh, totally. Good Maybe. shout. Yeah? I don't know. Possibly. And they've and the predator's been in there because you can see all the bodies hanging upside down, skinned yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> Jim Last Harper, page. they skinned him alive. <laughs> Love predator. Might even watch that again tonight. Yeah, me too. Um, man, thanks. Every time you mention it, I feel I have to watch it. Big time. Oh, also uh, the, the 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 X nineteen has been hit and blows up by yes. they and that obviously that actually turned out That's to be a, decoy. a complete decoy. Uh, and what's his name? We never never remember his surname, Ghost Rider. It is isn't actually in there. He sacrificed the glory. He said for the good of the team. I'm like, that. I wouldn't want to be in a bloody X19 craft. You know, that's going to get blown up. Yeah, I'm just looking at the. I'm looking at postbox for the pit just to see. I'm looking at issue one two four because they have some letters about issue one nineteen. I have not read these in advance. These are new to me. So shall I just read a few out and see what Go people are saying about Go this issue? It. Go for it. This is from John Street ten. Brad Street Lane, Elliot M E Street. Well, where's M E? Uh, M E is. What? I thought it was a disease. Yeah, is it? I is, can't yeah, think. zero is, three is it Maine? nine zero. It's Maine. I don't know. Ha! You guys are a riot. I just finished issue one nine one nineteen, and what a hoot! First, there's Hawk talking to Wild Bill on page twenty eight. Is it Oprah? Ha! Then on page twenty nine, the Don King robot. Great. But best of all is that in that same frame, the Ronnie Reagan reject. Oh, you guys slay me. By the way, I like the kinky stuff with Snake Eyes and Scarlet in the back of the chopper. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that, did we? How about a graphic novel, eh? Keep up the good work. Oh, gross. Yes, because let's let's talk about that now quickly before I go to another letter. I wonder what his Um, looks like if his face is all messed up. (laughs) (laughs) They're on the way back from a successful mission and someone mentions... Oh, uh, is it Storm Shadow? I can vouch for that. When Snake Eyes hit me, I knew it was really him. Scarlet? Scarlet, hey you two, what's going on back there? Well, Bill, <laughs> so gross. Oh well, it's so, yes. I mean, what is that about? What is that they're about? Basically, they're getting jiggy with Mister Biggie. So let's just leave them to it. As if that's the most unprofessional thing to do on, yeah. ju- on like in in the military scenario, in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, I've got one more here. I just dear Marvel. It's from John Scott, three three four W thirty seventh Street, New York, New York ten o one eight. Just finished reading issue 119. Great work. The art was real. Dot, dot, dot. Stealthy. Storm Shadow... I don't know what that means. No. Storm Shadow looks great. Better than that winter camo he had. Yes, I'm with you, John Get Scott. Uh, I was... I might write him a letter. Invite him onto the show. I was happy to see those androids go, even though they were Cobra's own. Don't understand that. Yeah. I'd rather see flesh and blood than electric wires shorting out. You know it was Zorana and the Python Patrol that hooked me onto G.I. Joe. Maybe you could bring back a Python story. And knocking off a veteran, Joe, would really bring the Cobra Troops' morale up. Gross. So how about it, Larry? Wait a minute. And we just had the whole death in Trucy Abysmia. Yep. Crossovers with other titles would really bring my morale up too. Other readers would have their morale raised as well. <laughs> would they? <laughs> the f*** is right in this? You're uninvited to the show, John Scott. Uh, let's see what Larry's No, he was never coming on in the first place after the whole <laughs> winter bull. Get lost. Let's see what Larry's reply was. Sorry everyone is so depressed and must have their morale raised, John, but we don't think killing off more Joes is going to do that for the majority of our readers. It's not like we ever want one of our characters to die, but then again, if the story calls for a death, it will happen, but only if it comes out of the natural progression of the storyline. Good luck cheering yourself up some other way. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, work, yeah. Larry. Good yeah. work. Um, so that was the... Oh, shit. I've knocked over my cider. Oh, no. Right. 
Yeah, this is live on air, knocked over the side. Oh, I'm in no. the loft. Oh, no. I don't have a... What can I mop it up? Just with, suck people? it off people the ground. The air, Just suck, suck it off the ground. Suck it off. Suck it I'll off. I'll tell you what, there's no harm... Suck it off, yeah. There's no harm with having a cider-coated floor, I don't think. Yeah, a lot of alcoholics say that. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm, I'm going to do is... I'm actually going to take my... I'm actually going to take my pants off. Oh! Look really? away. So it's not only is it your birthday, but it's also everyone else's Christmas. <laughs> so now this is Chief on his hands and knees. Uh, uh, mopping. When I say pants, I mean underwear because I haven't got any trousers on in the loft. Wee! So I'm, I'm now mopping up this cider with my pants, which needed a wash anyway. Da 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 probably got it so yes yeah, so now i am semi butt naked in the loft yo, 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 recording recording talking joe pick up that cider make have a slug make sure it's still okay talking dirty so you have to rename this so what's your what's your yojo cola for this one Smooth um, segue. so it's again it's a mixed bag for me but i and because like I, I just think it's a little bit too i mean if you could see this as a special mission 100 percent yes I still don't really know why they... I suppose it was just because they weren't getting the sales, possibly, and the main issue does get the sales, so it just makes more sense that they do those issues in the main run. But I kind of feel that it just isn't strong enough, and there are too many elements about it that kind of annoy me a little bit. But the art's gorgeous... And I love the, you know, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow look amazing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to go with a high six. High six, and I think I am exactly the same as you. I think the art was, was great. Parts of the storyline, really cool. Action was moving along fast, but just a few little bits pulled it down, which is what you mentioned, so good stuff. Um, next week, we're back on to four issues, so whatever the four issues after this are, I don't know, 20, 20, uh, 120, 121, 122, 123. Correct. Which I think see some ninja shenanigans going down. Shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Um, now it's time for the show that all the stars have been waiting for, because it's time for the Golden Joes. Oscars, Emmys, it's not about them shows. This awards segment has Golden Joes. Chief and Chris, dressed up, looking the smartest. We're holding nothing back, discussing the best artist. And then we have the best vehicle. You might not agree, but don't be too critical. Beverage in hand, we're at a rave. Joes are a team, but who is our fave? Gonna get emotional, so go grab a tissue. Rounding up the show with the best issue. That's um, brilliant. That's Apologies, brilliant. because I just made that up five minutes ago. Um, but there you go. Uh, welcome to the Golden Joes, everyone. Uh, everyone is yeah, everyone is here. We're all out in force. Mr. Spielberg, Tarantino, I liked your last movie. Uh, if you want to do anything Joe-related, give me a buzz. Uh, I can hook you up. I see all the people out. Uh, Zorana is here, as always. Zorana, I've got your number, baby. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. With the ceremony. Uh, all right, all right, calm down, Starscream. We're getting on with it. Jeepers. <laughs> Tough crowd already. They're, they're rowdy already. Oh, they've been drinking my ciders, I think. Um, uh, right, so yes, uh, as mentioned, everyone knows this is the Golden Joes dishing out awards to the best in show for 1989 and 1990. We've got five categories to get through. Where would you like to start, my friend? Let's start with the first category. <laughs> Best artist. Yes, that's a good one. So a quick bre- I did a quick breakdown here. 
of these 26 issues, Break Mark Bright, down. Mark Bright drew 18. Tony Sammons did three. Mm. Uh, Marshall Rogers did two and a half. Yep. Hudson, I don't know who his first name is, I didn't write down, did half. Uh, Ron Wagner did one. Paul Ryan did one. Jeff Isherwood did one. Herb Trimpe did one. And Lee Weeks did one. So it's pretty much 75% Mark Bright. Yes. So it will be a surprise if he doesn't win. But who have you got on your score sheet for Best Artist? Well, I'm going to go with my honourable mentions first and build up to Do this. Do it, my friend. Um, I w- yes. like, you mentioned two um, particular artists that I think did really good jobs on their single issues that they did, yep. that they, they, uh, they did the art for. I know. I'm going to guess who these two are. Can I guess? Go on, then. I'm going to say Paul Ryan Correct. for 85 and Lee Weeks for 107. No, I've gone with Ron <laughs> Wagner ah, for yes. his work. Um, now, you see... Like again, like I I know Ron as well, so that does have a that does have a a, a okay. basis on it. But no, with his the, issue was great, but I I thought it was brilliant, beautifully um, beautiful art, and also Paul Ryan for that the real silent issue that yeah. to me is just 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 ex- exceptional. But my winner, my winning artist is obviously Bright because his his work was just so it kind of bred new life into the into the joe universe and like it's a really amazing style and it's a really interesting style and it just looks so good with joe attached to it so yeah for me it's it's all about bright yep i'm just going straight in for my for my winner and that, and that is again mark bright uh, all the reasons you mentioned there i think it was a great combination with the colorist as well which you know really made his stuff pop he had some key storylines there he had the snake eyes trilogy which he made his own, especially those flashbacks in Vietnam with Stalker and the guys I thought was was really good stuff. Uh, he had um, the Barovia, Snake Eyes Return. I know we weren't that high on the story overall, but the art throughout that was fantastic. Yeah, just he did some Road Pig stuff, some Dreadnought stuff. So yeah, Mark, Mark Bright all the way for me. And more issues than I thought he did, actually, which was, which was a nice surprise as we were reading it. So double whammy for Mr. Bright. I'm sure he'll be delighted. I will ping him and let him know. Awesome. You've got to mention his amazing uh, duo up front with uh, David Hurst back at Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Banged in a lot of goals. <laughs> lo- How the man had time to draw 18 issues of G.I. Joe, I don't know. Uh, amazing. Next. Next. Best vehicle. Ooh. I'll go first. This is... I've got an honourable mention for the, the most ridiculous vehicle ever, the Fang 2. Go, bro! Oh, nice. Which I, which was so silly, I liked it. But my actual winner is I'm going with the Thunderclap. Thunderclap is setting a trap. Two incredible Cobra smashing attack vehicles. Toy one monster gun. Nobody Thunderclap comes with driver. Yo, yo. Now, it only appears, I think, in one issue, which is issue 92. But I like the way, and again, this is Mike Bright drawing this. I like the fact that it's... A big un, so to speak, Wee. but not not in the way that the the Rolling Thunder or some of those others were vehicles that were stuffed with just kind of stuff yeah. and made to look super Goliath's mammoths kind of thing with loads of places for loads of different guns and out and um, yeah. outcroppings and pegs for figures whatever. This just felt like you know a big kind of three-piece cannon yeah totally and the way it's drawn and the way it's involved in the storyline where it just is that that panel where it does the big boom whatever and it's lifted off the floor and then you see the crater it's left Mm. just i i would like to have seen more of that vehicle but 
um, the thunderclap for me. What about yourself? No, I agree. And in actual fact, I had an honourable mention down for the Raider as well. So It's snake stopping season, and we're going hunting with a G.I. Joe Raider. Nobody beats G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe Raider. I also had Fang 2 and Thunderclap as honourable mentions for, again, same same reasons. Fang 2, obviously, because I did it for the Chris Talks Toys uh, on one of the episodes as well, because it's just so unique and mental but at the same time i've got a lot of love for that thunderclap yeah massive brilliant raider's pretty cool uh but for me the winner is the warthog and on the warthog is sergeant slaughter but nobody beats gi joe gi joe warthog over the water and in the fog the warthog fights like a rabbit dog it's one of the best vehicles and just for its it's kind of small inclusion in the thunderclap issue yep. it was great to see it not necessarily in the in its doing its specialty of that amphibious landing craft but it's just you know just to see it in in the comic kind of made me smile because it's one of my favorite vehicles of all time yep good stuff good stuff where should we go next should we go for favorite cover i think cover yes you first my friend i think well for me i've got a couple of honorable men honorable mentions <laughs> and they come right at the start of the of the run that we're kind of focusing on and that's issue 82 and so just not to cut you off to, well i'm going to cut you off so yep. yeah cutting you off mm-hmm. just to remind everyone that this is for the period 1989 to 1990 which is issues 82 up to 107 awesome which i probably should have said at the start no problem saying it right now so yeah 82 right at the start of that run of the viper and repeater cover because repeater's really cool yes yep yep. and the viper sneaking up on him behind him is just it's just like there's a lot going on it's very it's very intriguing and you want to know what's going on and what's happening classic cover uh another honorable mention is the road pig cover when he gets introduced because it's just it's just so bonkers and he fills the whole page and he's firing his wrist crossbow and it's got you know, like property of road pig written on all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, I really like that cover. And that issue as well is really good. But my best cover is going to piss you off. It's it's 103 and it's that really dynamic Storm Shadow version. Oh yeah, busting two, through, busting busting through, through the, glass. the juggler's glass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Very dynamic. I don't, busting know. through the I glass know. to kick juggler's... <laughs> Kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Love Stone Cold Entrance. Uh, they were the best. They were, yeah. I might watch them WrestleMania. Right, so my favourite. So I've got two honourable mentions. Yes. Uh, I have the 83, which you had, which is the Road Pig one. Yes. Correct. Correct answer. Yes. Uh, 107, Ooh, which is yes. Storm Shadow and close-ups of Storm Shadow and Stalker when it says Fugitives. Yeah, that's a good one. On the front. I was kind of weighing up that with this, the, with Busting Through the Glass kind of one, you know, because any, anyone yeah. with him in that in that deco is wicked. Uh, my runner-up is issue 90, which is another Road Pig one, which is where he's got rock and roll mm, and in, a, in a headlock and then clutched by the shirt. It just reminded me of a very kind of marvelish cover, which we discussed at the time. Yep. And my winner is issue 100. I'm back with the big CC on the front. Nice. Just proclaiming his backness. Even though it's his front. Even though it's his front, yes. yes. Weird, that, isn't it? Uh, so <laughs> there's the winners for best cover. So now we've got best, uh, should we do Joe? And then issue or issue then Joe? You want to finish on issue, didn't you? That was what you said oh, in the rap. Oh, yeah. My stupid rap said we're going to finish on issue. So we'll do Joe then. Yes. So, okay. What have I got here? They'll do me first then. I have honourable mentions to Wildcard, 
who featured in issue 89 and issue 100. Clumsy gear. Where he is in the Mean Dog breaking stuff. Yep. Uh, which I always find funny and like. So, <laughs> uh, you know, found a wild card. Uh, I have got a joint runner up here. Yeah. Which is Snake Eyes for. Uh, his Snake Eyes trilogy uh, and all the other, the Barovia stuff. The only reason that I didn't put him as winner was probably because of that outfit that I didn't like, whatever version that was, the one before the one we're currently on. Yeah, the BDSM uh, one. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise he probably would have been the winner. And the other the other joint runner-up is Mutt Ooh. because of what he did in the Millville stuff yeah. with his uncle yeah. and Junkyard and stuff. Uh, and the winner I've got, I think I've had this guy as a winner before, and it's Flint. Nice. Because he, around that, that Millwall stuff, he's involved uh, as well in the October Guard stuff. It's yeah, great. I like, yeah. I like, I like him, the, I like the, the jealousy Gorky. thing. Yeah, yeah, Gorky yeah. and Lady J, and he's getting all jealous. And then he's also in 88 quite heavily, which is the Python Patrol one with him and Lady J and Snake Eyes and Scarlet. And then he's also in Battle uh, for 80s, Benzene 80s, as well. Yeah, Battle of Benzene. And also uh, 87, which is the, the Castle Destro attack from cobras he features quite heavily there yeah but yeah yeah flint seems to be featuring quite heavily for me uh here's my winner who is your favorite joe and possible runners-up slash honorables i've got some honorable menshuanis here um yep. road pig i've thrown in there as a okay. cobra nice mainly because i just i feel like he was a really cool toy and i remember when he was introduced and it was just like oh my god it's amazing but um i thought it was really those issues were really good especially his introduction issue uh, i really enjoyed that as a as an issue in general repeater because again for the same kind of reasons like he was prominent in a few of the issues not many but he was prominent in a few um and also he's just one of those characters i love seeing in joe comics yep and believe it or not this is a runner-up honorable mention you won't you'll probably think oh but it's your boy and that's lightfoot because he appears in a couple of issues that we that we covered but it's not i don't know like really done in a great great way but obviously i love him as a character and yep. I thought he looked really cool in the issue when he put, finally got all of his gear on and he wasn't doing the training sessions and so on and so forth. But my main outright winner, and I think you've probably guessed already, is Storm Shadow for rocking that amazing new costume. I just thought, you know, that version two is always going to be close to my heart. And yep. seeing him in, in the issues on a regular basis was just brilliant for me. So, yeah, Storm Shadow wins it for me. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, that can only be one final category, the biggie of the night. Hold your applause, please, everyone. Uh, it is Best Issue from 1989-1990. So this is a chance where we can break down the story arcs that we might have, you know, not given the highest mark, but there might have been a little gem hidden in the mm, middle there, or it might just point. be a single issue. Good foreshadowing, good foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's on your list then, big boy? Well, um, old man. Sorry, I thought we had some strange nicknames for each other now. Granddad. So basically, I have thrown in at my first honourable mention is issue, and it's right at the other end of the spectrum, 107. And the main okay. reason for this is the is the debut of the Night Creepers, the, the kind of big cliffhanger at the end with Scarlet and Storm Shadow after they kind of had a little battle in the subway and she stabs him in the back. But yep. it's it's more so the, the introduction of the, the Night Creepers. We don't know much about them at this stage. And it's like, who are these cool, weird-looking guys? And, you know, the, before they started kind of getting used as just fodder for Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, they just had a real kind of 
like really cool mystery about them and i thought that issue was really brilliant and really enjoyed it now another honorable mention is 104 and that's the beginning of snake eyes rampage and i believe the cover is him free falling in to barovia uh that was barovia yes where he's yeah parachuting into barovia but for me it was the splash page just on the inside of that which made that issue for me that splash page of him parachuting in is one of my favorite pieces of art of all time in the joe line definitely of the joe comic and i just i can't get over why they wouldn't use that as the cover (laughs) yeah yeah but uh, in any case, uh, 104 was great because, again, you got you got to see Snake Eyes kind of going on this rampage. There was uh, interesting elements of that particular issue. I didn't give the whole story a good high score, but that particular issue was, was an enjoyable one. And my best issue of all this run from 82 to 107 from the year 1989 to 1990 is the real silent issue, in my opinion, issue 85, and that i'm not gonna you don't have to go into massive detail again i just i think it's brilliant it's just perfectly executed and has great pacing the art gorgeous and the storyline's really fun yeah i I agree with that i actually have 85 as my runner i don't have any honorable mentions i got 85 straight in a runner-up brilliant fantastic issue um overlooked massively because of 21 Uh, i think the historical importance of 21 is yeah definitely definitely deserved but 85 is should be held alongside it's more critical in terms of the overarching story as well as yeah i mean it's like it's it's a pivotal moment in the gi joe history and the origin of about 10 characters (laughs) and my winner is actually uh, number 100 it got best cover now it gets best issue return of the mac we had uh chris Chris Sim Simo Simu. on the show for this one, and just Cobra Commander being back and being up to his, you know, full-on Cobra Commanderishness. Good art, the well marching enough. band and the, the baby and the, you know, great art and the, sh- the speeches and the spiel just uh, ticked all my boxes for that. So that is my winner, and that rounds out the Golden Joes for eighty nine ninety. Be sure to tune in. For 91 to 92, and every other episode of the show preceding that, obviously, um, where we'll be discussing some another 24-odd issues of G.I. Joe lore with categories that will probably be exactly the same as this. <laughs> so, uh, look forward to that in about six or seven episodes' time. But now, we've got to talk about toys. Well, you do, not me. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Hi. Yes, it's uh, time for Chris Talks Toys. And this time I thought I would take the opportunity... Um, when we've we've only really looked at one issue and in terms of the characters and vehicles and stuff involved in that issue it was rather slim pickings as I'd either discussed them already or wasn't really that interested in talking about them just yet especially I mean like Storm Shadow stood out to me as a new character in that that uh, in his new deco and everything so that's something we may come on to a little bit later on but I thought I'd take the opportunity to finally Look at the Tomahawk with Lift Ticket. Take a look at the new G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Look, Cobra's attacking the Off-Striker. Tomahawk to the rescue. Tomahawk holds eight Joes and it's loaded for battle. Get old Joe! Tomahawk's gonna chase some Cobra. Tomahawk is on the go. Tomahawk's gonna chase some Cobra and rescue G.I. Joe. 
adventure of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Other Joe and Cobra figures sold separately. Because we do see the Tomahawk. We don't see lift ticket in this issue, but we do see Wild Bill piloting it, which is a rather interesting decision on, uh, I suppose, Wild Bill's the... He's one of the most famous of the kind of helicopter pilots so i imagine trimpy do we ever see anyone other than those two flying the tomahawk that's a very good question i can't think off the top of my head if we have seen anyone else fly the tomahawk maybe that's something we might come to as we look at the rest of the issues but i can't think of anything that's that's already preceded that um no uh but yeah interesting point though but the other thing is i suppose the other the other helicopter pilots are so synonymous with their particular vehicles that it's very difficult to see anyone else flying it i mean i personally found it difficult seeing wild bill flying the tomahawk instead of lift ticket but while Bill, you can kind of just put him in anything. Like, he can go in the Dragonfly, he can go in the Lift, he can go in the Tomahawk, he can go in pretty much anything that, that exists in the Joe universe, and you don't really have an issue with it. But putting other pilots in other helicopters, I always have, like, I always feels wrong. Um, in any case, coming back to this toy, the wonderful design, the beautifully designed Tomahawk was released in the US in 1986. And we didn't get it until 1989 in the UK. But I think it's possibly more likely 1988. Uh, I think that that date might be incorrect because I remember my friend Sean Risley, who I have talked about on the show before, Riz was his name. He was a big a kind of big fan of G.I. Joe as well. And he bought the Tomahawk, or he had the Tomahawk as like a Christmas present or something. And I remember going around, he was, his house was like through a housing estate. Like It was basically like... My my house was on the cliff in Munsley, like right on the side of the cliff. It was a beautiful view of the of the, the sea. And then there was like a little, there's a little the road, and then there was this kind of big, not housing estate as such. It was like a f- block of flats, and you could walk through that block of flats to the other side. And my mate's house was right there, so we were like spitting distance. So we'd always hang out together, we'd always yeah. play with our toys and everything. And he had the tomahawk, and yes, I was jealous, but at the same time, you would always come together as as you know as kids and mates and you'd bring all of your toys together and you'd have big battles and all that kind of stuff so we used to absolutely love playing with this toy it's gorgeously designed loosely based of course on the chinook but with a design that more closely resembles something like a rescue chopper um the original concept art in actual fact for the tomahawk actually looked completely different it was done by a guy called t giavis or giavi or Giavis, or Giavi, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, it's G-I-A-V-I-S, in 1985, and was actually shown at Hascon in 2017 when we did the Hasbro tour, and it's just, I've seen it in the flesh, in the paper, and it is really cool, but it is so much different from what we recognise as the Tomahawk today. It's very angular, very futuristic looking, it looked more like something that you'd see in Thunderbirds, but with two you know twin helicopter blades on top it was very very weird but it did have the winch underneath and it was picking something up and it was shown in like a battle scenario battle kind of scene it's a if you do get an opportunity to see it it's it's really cool to see the only image that i can really find of it is actually from tim finn who is a good friend of mine tim finn was the guy that posted that blog post about salmon's art and All right. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He's he's the guy that's doing a real American book. He's kind of putting that together. He does these blog posts, and during his Hascon 2017 wrap up, he actually did a quick hand sketch of what this art looked like. So I'll be able to send that to you at least for the Twitter. 
Um, but it's one of those ones that's closely guarded. I think there is that people do have that image out there, but they tend to keep it quite guarded. I don't, you know, necessarily know why. Just very valuable, I suppose. But in any case, that is, you know, that that's the kind of the concept art for it. So the actual tomahawk that was re- was released is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Like it's just one of the most amazing vehicles ever to grace the gi joe and action force brands it's got it's of this kind of very like tan color but then with this gray camouflage pattern it is a beautiful color scheme you've got obviously the action force version had action force all over it the gi joe has gi joe all over it the front canopy opens up core cockpit opens up kind of forwards so you can fit two figures into the pilot and co-pilot seat in the back inside you have space for so many different figures in different positions Uh, you can sit four down with little backpack pegs on the seats and it's got two guns uh, for two of the seats on either side so that you can kind of you know lay down some cover fire while your guys are getting in or out it has a back landing they flop down they open up it's like a little cargo door basically at the back that that drops down and you can obviously you can you can bring in your injured your wounded or you can or your troops can can dive out the back or they can dive out the sides it's just really really cool underneath has a winch it has uh which again like it has a little hook and it can you can kind of wind it up and down it's really really neat you have three missiles underneath the two little wings on the front either side little uh, three little kind of light gray missiles and you have two bigger missiles that kind of run either side and again kind of underneath but to the side between like the cockpit and the back entrance you've also got like two working sets of helicopter blades that do actually designed to miss each other but you do they do catch every now and again because they they sag and you've got these elements where you can open up the side hatches at the top to get into the engines you know so you can look like you're working on on the actual a toy it's really really cool you have a flip it like at the back there's like a rotor blade at the back which is in like a little housing which you can move up uh, around as well and it has landing gear and a working not working but like a movable cannon underneath the front of the of the vehicle it's just a beautiful beautiful piece of work it looks gorgeous it it's so much fun to play with you can pack it with figures the Eagle Hawk, which came out recently, I say recently, probably like five years ago now, but the Eagle Hawk, which was like the update of this particular vehicle, they did a great job of the update. They made it slightly longer. They gave it loads more different features. Like you, you can put stretches in there for, right. you know, obviously taking people in and out. It's really, really cool, the new version. But anyway, to, coming back to the vintage version, the card art is gorgeous. Uh, the box art, I should say. And obviously we had an Action Force International Heroes version and digital background. And I believe the uh, same, more or less the same for the Tomahawk in the US. Yeah, digital background. And again, obviously it's just G.I. Joe, a real American hero on this one. The cards for Lift Ticket are really interesting because this is where there are huge differences. Now, Lift Ticket's a really cool design as well. He did have a bit of a soft face in that his face melt kind of merges into this big helmet he's got so it looks a little bit you know it's not very defined but it's still really cool um with this little kind of like you know headphone mic that kind of goes across his mouth as well red and black helmet an exposed face so you can see his face then he has this kind of gray or kind of like tan uh like waistcoat over the top and then underneath you've got like a a red t-shirt with then a longer green shirt and then the black gloves and then he's got green pants red knee pads and black boots 
And he's got this, like, there's a lot of character to the design. I really like him. I think he's brilliant. Now, I'm going to read out his file card, the US version, but then I'm going to supplant the UK things that they changed, which are really significant in this particular one. So, Lift Ticket's file card reads, file name, Sikorsky Victor W. That's different in the UK. In the UK, it's David J. Miller. Or Miller David J. So obviously they wanted a more British sounding name, I suppose. The serial numbers, I believe, are the same. 675-515671. Both grade W02. Birthplace in the US, Lawton, Oklahoma. However, he's born in Wimborne, Dorset in the UK. Hey, that's like 10 minutes down the road from where I grew up. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't Amazing. that brilliant? primary specialty rotary wing aircraft pilot and secondary is fixed wing aircraft pilot that stays the same on the uk one uh, now as i continue through this card lift ticket was one of those guys who joined the army to get out of his hometown the big difference with lift ticket is that he scored so high on the aptitude test that he qualified for west point prep ocs officers candidate school and flight warrant officers school now they just take out west point prep on the uk version because that is a you know a u.s school Nobody in Lawton, and obviously it's nobody in Wimborne, ever suspected that he was that smart. Apparently neither did lift tickets since he opted for flight warrant officer school over the others, thinking that it was the only one that offered training applicable to civilian employment. And the quote goes, Getting into a target area is comparatively easy. You wait until dark and get sneaky. Now getting out after some caps have been popped and a can of firefight's been opened, well that's another story. All you can do is squat on the LZ, landing zone, and hope that whoever's driving the extraction chopper is skillful, persistent, lucky and bulletproof. Lift ticket satisfies the first three requirements and he's working on the fourth. And that stays the same throughout the UK one. But I love the fact that they made those changes to lift ticket in the in the Action Force version. And yeah, and that is basically lift ticket and the Tomahawk helicopter. An absolute grand, beautiful, amazing Action Force and G.I. Joe figure and vehicle. Yeah, good stuff as always. Thank you for... Well, uh, I knew some of that, but obviously not all of that. So always I'm educated uh, to some degree there. Uh, great, great vehicle, great figure. And uh, nice to know that the old boy is from where I went to school in Wimborne. So, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's I didn't even know that, so that's quality. How, um, that's, that's really fortunate that it's on your birthday, it's on the, <laughs> the awards show. That, that is weird, yeah, yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't know either that that's where you're from. I just I, That was yeah. a complete, just by luck. In actual fact, yeah. I was looking through the issue going, please be a tomahawk in here, please be a tomahawk in <laughs> <laughs> and there it was so yeah wicked wicked in fact the tomahawk i should say this is probably the longest serving vehicle in the comics like it just it does it, yeah, maybe. Does it it probably goes throughout the entire run it's still being used in the idw run i can't think of any other vehicles that probably had a longer run i mean there must yeah. be like the ore strikers probably in there too right well yeah i don't know maybe it is the tomahawk yeah that'd be, be nice to kind of look at first appearance yeah and last appearance and total appearances between that time that'd be quite cool i'm not yeah. doing that homework but if no, someone else wants to someone, yeah, the, the seddens to do it in the while they yeah. while we're talking about sports the seddens yeah. can do that <laughs> um <laughs> talking about people where they're from in the uk we might as well talk about british colloquialisms aka over egg in the pudding we got a pudding we're gonna egg it we got a pudding we're gonna over egg it we got a pudding we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. This week, I was—I've got an electric toothbrush, and the kids got an electric toothbrush, and 
Mine's like plugged you have into a lightsaber fights with it. Yeah, no, I wish. And mine's plugged into the wall in like the shaving power supply bit, but hers takes batteries and hers had died needing your batteries. So she's like, How do we get it to work? How do we get it to work? So I pulled out some AA batteries out of my little secret stash. And here we go. We open it up, we pop the batteries in, we put the lid back on, and Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. She looked at me like, What? What are you talking about, you idiot? I haven't got an uncle called Bob. But there you go, yeah. Bob's your uncle. Just okay, basically, hang on. Wait. Basically means I don't know the background just means there you go. Job done. Whatever. Finished. Sorted. Let me let's let's work it. There you go. Here goes Mr. Google. You ready? Ready for this? Yeah, I'm born ready. Origin. The origins are uncertain, but a common theory is that the expression arose after Conservative Prime Minister Robert Gascoigne Cecil, third Marquess of Salisbury, appointed his nephew Arthur Balfour as Chief Secretary for Ireland in 1887, an act of nepotism which was apparently both surprising and unpopular. Whatever other qualifications Balfour might have had, Bob's your uncle was seen as the conclusive one. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> it's a phrase commonly used in the United Kingdom and Commonwealth countries that means and there it is or there you have it. Typically someone says it to conclude a set of simple instructions or when a result is reached. The meaning is similar to that of the French expression et voilà or the American easy as pie or piece of cake. Ah, right, yeah. There you go. What have mine, you got for mine, me? Mine, mine. Or for uh, us. Mine. I'm actually going to look up the. I'm going to look it up because I didn't look up Wazak last time because I just didn't think it. You know, but it, I'm sure it does actually have a thing. Now, my one is linked to that sticker sheet I got on with. I think we're saying Wizard or. Um, <laughs> yep. I think what well, it was one of the other ones. It wasn't Beano. It wasn't Dandy. It was one of like those other. We had so many of those publications, like kind of like newspaper print kind of comic books, and. <laughs> the etymology of this is amazing. So on that sticker sheet was Wazak, but another one that was on there was Pillock. Pillock. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And this Pillock. is and because it sounded very much like bollock, my dad didn't like me saying it. So uh so that put an end to that. I still said it. And I've said worse things since. And my dad isn't that much of a... He's a lovely man. And, uh, you know, I love him to death. So I, I, I'm, it, make, it makes me sound like he's some sort of hard taskmaster, but he just didn't approve. He didn't stop me from doing it. Or he just he just was like, well, that's a little bit close to bollock, so you probably shouldn't say it. Um, <laughs> so the etymology for pillock is, in the 16th century, the meaning was penis. Probably oh. from pillycock, penis boy man presumably akin to the slang term dickhead, inept fool. Oh. Alternatively oh, can I start from... calling people at work penis boy man? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you penis boy man. Alternatively from the same basis as pillycock, compare regional Norwegian pill, penis, and the diminutive suffix ok, they've said here. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Pillock, you, yeah, nice. basically means penis. Or penis yeah. boy man. I think when it w- when it was uh, a more commonly used phrase, I haven't heard it for a long time, but yeah. I think it was generally similar to idiot. Yeah, definitely. In the, in the kind of sense that yeah, it wasn't... Pillock. Oh, what a pillock. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't anything overly harsh, but um, looking back at that, dickhead is obviously a bit more harsh. So, yeah. yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, educating the listeners, as always, on Talking Joe. One insult at a time. <laughs> One insult at a time. Chris will be back to insult people next week. Uh, but before he does that, we've got to go to Chief Bass Chris a question. Chief Bass Chris a question. What'll he say? Barkley. What'll he do? Pippin. Chief Bass Chris a question. Jordan. He'll answer those goddamn sports questions is what he'll do. 
if you look at movies yes what do you what do you see no what is what would you say is your favored franchise that has at least three movies probably the gi joe franchise i'm joking of course the only decent movie in the gi joe franchise live action is street fighter (laughs) that being that street fighter figures came out on the gi joe carded things which we'll get to that chris talks toys another time in any case i would probably have to say jurassic park yeah yeah because i okay i love all i guess this is this it's a tricky question because i was originally going to say what's your favorite franchise where you can pick just three movies from the franchise and i guess if your answer is not star wars you're probably an idiot but because obviously episodes one two three and whatever the last turkey one was number eight bring the whole thing down but i episode four five and six are probably my number one two and three movies of all time Fair enough. but this is this has turned into chief ask chief a question yeah Jura- go on then you do it Jurassic- what are you saying Jurassic Park how, so many, how many is in that is it four or is it five it's five now but it will be six very soon oh another one is there yeah so it's, it's like two trilogies basically but the obviously the first again like I, I'm, I love all of them I think they're I think they're amazing even Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 I really enjoyed but yep. uh, it's really because I've always been a dinosaur nerd and the toys that came along with them were just exceptional. Like the, the, I have such an affinity for Jurassic Park as a brand, not just as a, not just really as the films, but as the kind of expanded universe that goes along with it, like the games and the comics. Even though the comics were a bit weak, the, the, the kind of added elements that go along with it, but the toys and the toy line and all of the kind of the history of like unreleased stuff, the links it has to GI Joe, believe it or not, um, the figures that came out that use GI Joe builds. And also the uh, can- famous cancelled GI Joe uh, Jurassic Park crossover stuff is just like that. That always brings a smile to my face. And the first film is on- honestly one of those films I can, you know, as much like I love the Predator movie, and that's probably one of those all-time movies that I can just I could just watch Predator over and over again and never get bored. That one movie itself, if I had to watch one movie for the rest of my life, Predator would be it. But with Jurassic Park that's another one I could quite easily watch that over and over again I love the rest of the movies attached to them Jurassic World I really enjoyed and I love Fallen Kingdom and I'm really looking forward to the next one but for me it has to be Jurassic Park for those reasons well good stuff I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you kind of went outside the box there that's, that's good stuff you're that's welcome stuff. you're welcome and um, I, I must admit but I must throw in here don't get me wrong I do love Star Wars I do love Back to the Future Indiana Jones yeah. all that, all the stuff that has the big trilogies the big more than three movies, all that stuff. I still yeah. enjoy them. I just Jurassic Park has that uh, that real like. If if it, any Jurassic grabs Park movie is on, you by the nuts, exactly. And won't they go like exactly. a velociraptor? Exactly. Clever girl. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Join us next week. We will be discussing issues 120, 21, 22, 23, which I think and hope is a four-part storyline. I haven't checked, so fingers crossed for that. Um, if the people want to get hold of you, where can they do it? Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Facebook, and of course, the Full Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Patreon, everything. Yeah. yeah. If you want to reach out to us here at Talking Joe, you can do it on uh, the Gmail, Talking Joe, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com. Uh, we're Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, and Talking Joe. G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook Stop saying uh, Joe. Uh, your, your lovely missus actually asked to join up the Facebook Aww. group the other week did you, did, nice. did you deny her yeah <laughs> denial no stairway
Denied. Right, that's it. I need to go downstairs and explain to my wife while I'm, why I'm coming out of the loft without any pants on. <laughs> uh, you need to go and do something else. I don't so have to explain that. that. I'm not wearing any pants with, either. But with no. all that said and done, we will catch you down the road. Bye. Bye.